The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello there and welcome to episode 335. I hope that wherever you are in the world today you're doing very well and if you are struggling with OCD or anxiety then you can get a free session with me to get that. You can head over to my website which is robertjamescoaching.com and there you can book in for that free session directly or if you prefer uh, you can send me a message and let me know about what you're struggling with. Now, in today's podcast, um, I'm going to be discussing three tips for finding inner strength when OCD gets out of hand. And in particular, I'm going to be focusing on what really happens when, when OCD gets out of hand because our nervous system becomes dysregulated. And it's so important that we understand about Um, Finding that inner strength really um, revolves around learning how to regulate that nervous system so that you know how to bring yourself down and and actually find that strength in those difficult moments. Um, Now, if you find the podcast helpful, it'd be great if you could follow and like on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at robertjamescoachinguk. And very importantly, would you consider, please, leaving a review for the podcast? I would really appreciate uh, that. If you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it really does help a lot. So if you would like to help the podcast, leaving a review would be amazing. Um, and there we go, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions at all about anything I speak about today, do please let me know. And off we go. I wanted to start today with, uh, well, you guessed it, with a quote, and uh, this time it's by Deepak Chopra. Bit of a kind of controversial figure sometimes, um, but he does really have some really, uh, really good quotes, and uh, this one is this. Every time you are tempted to react in the same old way, ask if you want to be a prisoner of the past or a pioneer of the future. Now, um, I really like this quote because I think within OCD, you know, when we're at that kind of crossroads where we need to make that decision, am I going to perform that compulsion or or am I going to do something that's healthy, something that's going to, you know, uh, be in line with my values and help me to feel better? Um, You know, so often we make the wrong choice and when we do, we do end up being a bit of a prisoner of the past because it means that we're going to keep on doing those same old things that have kept us stuck. Really, in order for real change to happen, we have to open up uh, to the possibility that, you know, those old ways of doing things, although they feel comfortable and familiar, you know, they are going to keep us stuck. And so, you know, we need to be able to open up to the possibility of the future. And that is going to involve uh, doing things in the short term that may feel a bit uncomfortable, but in the long term, they're actually going to make us feel a lot, lot better. Um, 
And one of those things really is learning how to regulate uh, your nervous system because so much of OCD, when it really gets out of hand, when it moves from being something that's a slight annoyance and it's kind of there in the background um, to when it becomes something that is incredibly hard to deal with, it's because our nervous system is very much activated. We're in, we're in a stress response. We're very anxious. Our, our sympathetic nervous system has really taken over. And when that happens, any thoughts that pop up into your head in that moment are going to be catastrophic. We're going to go down that rabbit hole. And unless we figure out how to regulate um, our nervous system and how to bring ourselves down, how to bring ourselves back into a more parasympathetic state, the rest and digest state, it's going to be very hard for us to, uh, to learn how to manage OCD well. So with that in mind, I have another quote by uh, William James. The great thing then in all education is to make our nervous system our ally instead of our enemy. And for how many of us with OCD is, you know, our nervous system actually our enemy? Um, for a long time, that was the case with me. Um, you know, I, would, I was going through my days uh, just struggling all the time, all day long, you know, with, with uh, obsessive thoughts and feeling my, my nervous system responding to everything, feeling my heart rate you know, slightly higher than it than it should be, feeling my hands all clammy, feeling myself kind of stuttering over my words, all sorts of different problems that I was experiencing, uh, you know, racing thoughts all day long because I was always in this activated state. Um, and what I've learned to do over the years is really, um, you know, to recognize that I have more control than I was giving myself credit for in the past to actually influence my, my nervous system. And so today I'm going to be talking about my kind of three uh, top tips for really helping you um, when you do find yourself, um, you know, struggling to find that inner strength to be able to calm yourself down and to get yourself back on track again. So how are we going to do this? Well, I think the, the first thing that is really, really important here is to recognize that you always have the breath. The breath is something that can really help you in these difficult situations where you feel, uh, maybe you feel a little bit out of control. Maybe the, sympathet the sympathetic nervous system is so activated that you feel, you know, that those butterflies in the stomach, you feel maybe you have a tight chest and you know, all of these different symptoms that we experience when we're really activated with anxiety. And the breath can really help us in those moments to calm everything down, to actually, you know, take a few moments and to actually rest in the stillness that is always inside. But because we're so caught up in thinking and negative thoughts and limiting beliefs, we kind of think that, you know, we can't do that. We can't we can't check into the breath, that it's not going to make any difference. But it really does. That's just the kind of negativity speaking to us. Um, so often when we want to do something, for some reason, there's this part of us that comes up and says, nah, it's not going to work for you, or, oh, that's too difficult, or oh, you know, I'd rather do something else to try to feel better. And we don't do the things that actually do make a difference. And breathing properly and deeply is one of those things that really does make a difference. Um, so what do I recommend then if you're feeling really activated? Well, 
um, when I was doing my kind of Wim Hof uh, training and, uh, you know, all of the kind of experiences I've had through breath work, um, you know, since doing that as well, what I've learned to, to recognize is it's very important that we learn to breathe as low as possible into the belly. And, you know, you're not going to be doing that all the time, obviously. Um, but we're going to be, um, if, you, if you are really activated, it's going to be a really good idea if you can take at least 10 deep breaths. Um, if you can do more, if you can do 20 or 30 deep breaths, then, you know, that's going to be better. Um, but, but at the very least, taking 10 very deep breaths where we're breathing as low as possible down into the belly. And, you know, when we, when we say as low as possible, the reason I'm saying that is because generally speaking, most people, and particularly people who are struggling with anxiety, are breathing in a very shallow way into the chest or even into the top of the chest and they're really not using their their diaphragms enough and this was definitely me in the past Um, I think you know through practicing the Wim Hof method and through uh, working on breath work uh, over time I've improved my my breathing and the way in which you do this is just by you know for for you know a few times a day just by checking in with your breath and actually taking 10 very uh, deep and slow breaths. And so you breathe as low and as deep as possible down into the belly. Um, and then what you what you do is you try to breathe in for a, a kind of long extended breath and also try to breathe in through the nose and then out through the mouth. And I'm not going to give you a, a specific time. You may have heard of lots of different uh, types of, of breathing where they give you the exact number of seconds you should breathe in for and then hold for this number of seconds and then breathe out. And it's quite annoying sometimes because you get so caught up in that. For me, I think it's more healthy to just think about low and slow. So you're going to breathe as low as possible down into your belly. And you're going to try to breathe in very slowly through the nose. So breathing down into the belly, in through the nose, and then breathing out through the mouth a nice, long, slow exhale, where we try to breathe out for slightly longer than the time we breathed in for. And then we repeat breathing in through the nose, and then breathing out a nice, long slow exhale and I'm not going to to tell you the exact times as I was just saying before everybody's different we all have a a different diaphragm and uh, we're different sizes and so depending uh, on you and your body you know you can figure out for you how this works best Um, but this is something that when you do this you don't really have any option your body just begins to calm down a little bit because you when you breathe slower and deeper um, it just starts to, to regulate the nervous system and calm everything down. Um, obviously, your thoughts might still be racing. And so it does help at the same time to try to focus on the body as you're doing this. And if the thoughts are still there in the background, well, as we talked about before a lot in the podcast, that's okay. Allow them to be there. But just try to focus on the body and the breathing and just do that for at least 10 breaths. And then return to whatever it is that you're trying to do. But 
what you don't want to do, and hopefully what what you're not trying to do is is to figure out the OCD problem or you know to ruminate more. Ideally, what you want to do after doing those ten breaths is to think, what can I do now that's a valued activity that's going to help me to come back to the present and to feel better. Um, you know, figure that out and then do something like that because that's going to help you then to keep in that slightly more regulated state that than you were just in. And if you can increase the time for more, maybe you do 20 breaths or 30 breaths, then that's that's definitely helpful as well. Now, the, the next thing is, is movement. And this, again, is incredibly important. Um, you know, and it can be done in different ways. Now, you might be thinking movement, is he just talking about exercise? Um, and I'm not just talking about exercise here, although obviously exercise is incredibly uh, helpful and important, I think, when it comes to these things. When we exercise, what it does is it really uh, kind of shakes up the blood, it gets us moving, and it tends to kind of process some of those stress hormones that, that build up in the blood. Um, uh, adrenaline and cortisol when those things are just hanging around in our system we tend to feel um, you know more frustrated more anxious more annoyed and so it is important that we we uh, we do movement and exercise is one of those things that that is a really good type of movement you know when we're doing running or I'm, I'm really thinking when I say exercise I'm really thinking aerobic exercise so um, you know running cycling uh, going to the gym, jumping on a you know cross trainer or rowing machine or where, whatever it is for you. Um, obviously, if you're just starting out with that, then you know you might need to go and see your doctor before you start doing exercise. But you know whatever it is that you're doing, uh, exercise generally speaking is really going to help uh, you know to, to deal with those more difficult um, emotions that come up when we're really struggling with with OCD. But movement doesn't just have to be that type of aerobic exercise. Really, movement can be all sorts of different things. Um, So it might just be, you know, that you go for a kind of mindful walk. Or it might be just cleaning. And actually, cleaning is a fantastic tool that I use myself a lot. You know, when I'm really struggling with something around the house and, you know, I'm not really doing much of anything. If I just go and clean for 10, 15 minutes or even five minutes and I really focus my attention on the cleaning and the movements that I'm making, so often that in itself actually just regulates the nervous system and calms it down a little. And if you can make a kind of mindfulness uh, meditation out of it where you're, you know, you're really trying to keep your attention focused on your body whilst you're doing this. And any time that you get caught up in your, in your thoughts or noticing difficult sensations in the body, you just try to allow those and refocus your attention on the movements that you're making. And like this, well, actually, then you're practicing a form of meditation. So it's a kind of win-win situation. Now, the final area that I wanted to mention is is actually sleep, because when we when we get good sleep, we get enough uh, good quality sleep, that actually helps us to just kind of uh, deal with things a lot better naturally, and our nervous system again um, is going to be more regulated and uh, in in a natural way just from having you know enough good quality uh, sleep. Um, so in an article uh, by uh, Flowly, um, 
they say this, quality sleep is crucial for our nervous system's well-being. Different sleep stages, including NREM and REM sleep, contribute to memory consolidation, neuroplasticity, hormone regulation, and nervous system uh, repair. By prioritizing sleep, we promote brain health, cognitive function, and overall well-being. So that's quite an amazing uh, list of things there, that when we get enough sleep, you know, it, it seems that our nervous system is actually repairing itself. And obviously, that can only be a good thing. But there's all sorts of other amazing things that happen when we sleep, like uh, memory consolidation, neuroplasticity. This is obviously uh, very important when we are, um, you know, learning how to overcome OCD and trying to trying to build those new circuits, trying to rewire our brains to be healthier and to to deal with our obsessions in a in a better way and a final thing that they also mentioned there is hormone regulation um you know again very important if we have all these kind of stress hormones in our blood uh, all the time that's going to make us feel very anxious so getting enough sleep actually helps to regulate those hormones so so many important things but you might be asking yourself but how do i get uh, enough sleep like maybe you go to go to bed early but you're you're not sleeping well or maybe you do sleep well in which case I'm very happy for you uh, I used to sleep well but then then we have a baby these days and uh, now it feels like I'm never gonna sleep again uh, hopefully I will but we, we will see about that um, so what can you do if you are struggling with with getting enough sleep well I think first of all actually trying to make make yourself go to go to bed a bit earlier is a really good idea. Try to make sure that you're not using your your phone, uh, you know, half an hour, at least half an hour before you get into bed. And, you know, if you are going to read something, maybe go for the old traditional route of, uh, you know, of a book, uh, a real book, one that you can actually hold in your hands and isn't going to give you issues with blue light before you go to bed. Um, and, I think something else that if you're if you're finding it difficult to actually drift off and fall asleep, something that I find very helpful is to do body scan meditations. Um, you know, I like to really focus on on the body and trying to uh, trying to breathe into uh, different parts of it, starting with the feet, moving up to the ankles, and going all the way up the body, and really focusing, you know, at least five or six breaths into each part of the body imagining if you like a kind of white light that's traveling down through the body and going into each part and we just progressively go through the body and often by the time that you get to uh to your waist you've kind of drifted off anyway and it can be uh, it can be really helpful and if you haven't drifted off well at least you're going to be in a slightly more relaxed state um, you know, but doing some of those things and, and literally just getting to bed earlier, you know, can be can be really helpful. And if you're still struggling, then maybe, you know, doing some more research and and actually getting uh, somebody, a coach or somebody to, to help you with sleep could be uh, could be a really good idea as well. So many thanks, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Um, and if you could consider reviewing the podcast, I would really appreciate that, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, it doesn't take too long, but it really does help uh, with growing the podcast. Any five-star reviews at all are, are really appreciated. So many thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. 
Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional. 